Hi, everybody. Welcome back to the Blake Street Irregulars, your local Colorado Rockies podcast brought to you by Mile High Sports and Tap 14, Tap 14, 1920 Blake Street, just a uh, caddy corner, really. Caddy corner, caddy corner, however you say it, from the home plate entrance of Coors Field, uh, the best rooftop bar in Denver, in my opinion. I know there's others even in that neighborhood, but Tap 14 is the best because it's all Colorado. Everything up there is the food, the drink, the 70 Colorado beers on tap, 100 distilled Colorado spirits. All the food is locally sourced. It rotates. The menu's delicious. Uh, try the candied bacon. I, I wasn't sure about that till I had it. Oh, yeah. It's that's, legit. That's special stuff. So make sure you check them out. Tap14.com. Spell it out. Tap14.com. My name's Sean Drotar. That voice you heard is uh, a co-host in this one and been a lot of them recently because you know he's an insightful guy. <laughs> Doug Ottawill, the editor-in-chief of Mile High Sports Magazine, is with us. And, and Doug, we're going to talk about this upcoming road trip. The Rockies went seven and three on their ten-game homestand, which included, uh, you know, the Diamondbacks. Now the Diamondbacks, after this uh, final loss, uh, four and a half behind the Rockies. So uh, not dead and buried. You don't count your chickens there, but they they did what you wanted them to do. They put them in a hole. Now the Rockies go on a road trip here that might be uh, against against the Giants, three against the Giants, three against the Dodgers, and then three against the Diamondbacks. With the Rockies never winning an NL West division title in their history, this might be the biggest road trip in the entire team's history. Yeah, because they control their own destiny. And and as as tough as that looked, or especially at the beginning of the season looked, uh, you know, you're talking about San Francisco, LA, and Arizona. I mean, you know, everybody knows the Padres weren't going to be in it. But if you looked at the beginning of the season and said that's how they finish, oh, and by the way, you're going to have a game and a half lead on the Dodgers going into this, like I think most people would have said, oh man, that's tough. Yeah. And and, and it is tough, but um, I really do believe it's nice that the giants are down because I think down is right. They've lost 11 yeah, straight at this point in the season. Um, I think if, if you don't have the step on someone's throat mentality, then something's wrong. And I don't think anything's wrong with the Rockies. And so I think that they will take care of business against the giants. Um, you know, you got to win two out of three there, I think. Um, and, and I, and I kind of look at it as you figure you're, you might lose two out of three to either one of the other ones. You can't get swept. You absolutely can't No, no. And the only concern is as good as this, uh, this homestand was the seven and three homestand, two of the losses were to the Dodgers. Uh, right, and two right. Three there. Now the Rockies only have the one and a half game lead. Uh, sure, they would have loved for St. Louis to give them a little more help, but they can't count on that. And so for the, the Rockies, you're right. The, the beauty of all this is they can they control their own fate. They, they can win this outright. They play the teams that are pursuing them. You beat them. It's yours. Uh, the, the concern, of course, is the Dodgers are the Dodgers. They're, they're a dangerous team. If you go to MLB.com's postseason predictions, uh, they still believe the Dodgers have a 70% chance of winning the NL West, while the Rockies have a 60% chance of winning the NL West. So it gets you an idea of the understanding of the talent level. So it's important, I think, that the Rockies especially hit the Giants, a team that they swept at home last week. I'm with you. You have to win at least two on the road. I know that's tough. And on Saturday, you get Madison Bumgarner. But you just can't give the Dodgers breathing room, especially if you can gain just enough ground that maybe they couldn't catch you in the three-game series you'll play at the end of next week. Yeah, absolutely. And I think that the thing with the Giants, and I heard you guys talk about it on the show, is the streak does end sometime. I mean, odds say yeah. that they're going to pick up a win. They are not or... going to lose 27 straight to win the season. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> so you have to be careful that you're not the one that lets that happen. And at the very least, like I said, you got to take two out of one. And then I think you have to win at least one of the other two series, even if you don't sweep. But the thing about the Dodgers, and I, and I always get a kick out of those percentage to win the division kind of things. Right. I mean, they're looking at talent. They're looking at 
uh, everyone's schedule comparatively. I think you and I, and, and, and we probably have an audio record of this, you and I probably have said throughout the summer, even when the Dodgers were down, you don't have to worry about the Diamondbacks even when they're in first place in July or whenever the most of the summer. Mm-hmm. You have to worry about the Dodgers because right. money fixed every problem they have, and lo and behold, here they are. And, yeah, they haven't had a great season, especially compared to last year when they were you know, on Sports Illustrated as the greatest baseball team to ever assembled but they still have so much in that organization and you know it's funny you compare the Dodgers to say the Diamondbacks who we got to watch yesterday and when the Diamondbacks had runners in scoring position or they had a chance to kind of uh you know take a take a hunk out of the lead over the Rockies or in the against the Rockies they trotted out pinch hitters that were hitting 200 they just did not have answers that the Dodgers will. And I, and I think if you look at the depth of the Diamondbacks versus the depth of the Rockies and the Dodgers, it's not even close. Both the Rockies and the Dodgers have considerably more depth than either of those teams. Yeah, and the Dodgers, of course, even more. They lose Corey Seager for the year, an all-star shortstop, and, oh, well, we'll just go trade for Manny Machado. I mean, they, exactly. they, can, they can go do that sort of thing. The Rockies, uh, although they are spending a lot of money, and they certainly can't accuse them of being uh, a stingy whatsoever anymore, but uh, they, they still can't do that, and they're never going to be able to do that. This is the the why it's such an interesting opportunity for the Rockies. You look over it and say, and it's not quite as bad, but the closest competitor with the money that the the Dodgers and normally the Giants also spend, that's a little bit like being in the AL East where you have the Yankees and the Red Sox and their arms race every single year. You can be the Toronto Blue Jays and be really, really good and know that we're still probably going to finish third most of the time, even if we spend a lot of money because we can't compete with those guys. There There are people in baseball who will say, you know, who cares about what the salaries are? It doesn't buy you a World Series. That's true. Baseball actually, compared to the NBA, the NFL, and NHL, has had more uh, a larger selection of different champions in the last 30 years than any of those other three leagues but what it does buy you is a margin for error just like we talked about Corey Seager goes down look if that was the equivalent for the Rockies if that's Nolan Arenado forget it right the Rockies aren't in this position then there's no way they can replace him they're done that's how it works but the money does give you margin for error that other that other teams don't have and the Dodgers have it so for the Rockies to be in this position with only two weeks left in the season and be in control of their own destiny, be in first place, it's remarkable. Since the the midway point of the season, this is the 81-game mark of the season, the Rockies were at at the 81-game mark, 39 and 42. Ever since then, they have gone 42 and 23, which is an insane winning percentage, and it hasn't been because of some Rocktober 24 out of 25 game win streak. They've just consistently churned. We're going to win two out of three here, two out of three here, two out of three here. It's exactly what they have to do on this next road trip. And they've been they've been so resilient. I mean, that's the one thing. And, and I think a lot of that has to do with when you have some legitimate starters in your rotation, a.k.a. Kyle Freeland, who's a stopper. If you don't have a stopper, sometimes you get into those skids. And, I mean, Kyle Freeland, again, was awesome in his start against the Diamondbacks. Um, it, it was a game they had to win. Um, and then that's why you have those guys. And he hasn't been the only one this season. I mean, even John Gray, as up and down as Gray can be, he's provided some pretty big starts and some pretty big wins, especially throughout August. Um, so, yeah, I, th- I think that, um, you know, 
a lot of the reason that this team is in the position they are, it, it, it goes back to two things. At the beginning of the season, everyone looked at the Rockies on paper and said, you know what? It's a pretty darn good baseball team. You know, you take into account pitching, both starting in the bullpen, uh, the fact that at the time we thought, oh, Brian Shaw and Wade Davis, hey, what more could you want? It ends up being Adovino and Wade Davis, but um, they, that, that's still been solid. Their starters have been relatively solid, and their hitting lineup has never been in question. And so, I, you know, it's kind of an axiom that I probably lean on too much, but baseball doesn't lie. I mean, a 162-game season bears out who's a good baseball team and who's not, you know, aside from injuries and things like that, which the Rockies have been relatively healthy, relatively, especially compared to past years. So, I mean, I do believe that this team um, has every chance to win the division. It's not going to be easy. I mean, it's nine games coming up that they really had to take care of business. And I like the fact that they, that they close at home. I mean, there's a lot of things going in their favor, even though this is a tough stretch right here. Yeah, they, they finished the game. We'll get ahead of it a little bit, but they finished the season against the Phillies and the Nationals. The Nationals, of course, are full-on tank mode at this point. I mean, they're, they're hoping to somehow hold on to Bryce Harbor, but they traded off almost all the other parts. The The Phillies, they're still in the hunt, but they, they're in the periphery of it, and they might not be by the time the Rockies get them. So they could be in for a comparatively soft landing opportunity when they get back to Coors Field. But in this case, the team's ERA on the road is 4.16. Uh, that's not great, to be totally honest. And when you look at the starters, Herman Marquez leads them with road ERA, 2.83. He's been very, very good over the last, really, uh, nine starts of his. The last four, he struck out double-digit guys. Kyle Freeland at 3.51. But they really don't have any other starters starters that have started too many games that have an ERA that's much lower than that and including the relievers it hasn't even been uh, that good so for the Rockies the pitching needs to be a little bit better on the road it's something they can't really get behind one of the things that always concerns me the Rockies ERA in the first inning Oh, the first thing is over seven it's the worst in baseball over seven yeah so if they could just start out these games were zero zero. Uh, I think they can find themselves in in pretty good position, but that's what they're going to have to do. But as far as the offense, this is a team that's home road splits have not been as dramatic as you've seen many times in the past. Trevor Story is hitting two eighty three on the road. Gerardo Parra is two ninety three. Uh, Nolan Arenado has dropped off quite a bit. He's two fifty nine, and Charlie Blackman is two thirty nine. Uh, that has to be better uh, on the road against these teams. Yeah, and, and I think Charlie Blackman is. Uh... The last, I want to say maybe mid-August to early September really looked like he was in a slump, and then lately he doesn't. Nolan, same thing. He was in a slump and then broke out with, you know, the game where he had, a, I believe, a home run and two doubles, and then yesterday he started off with, you know, two straight hit. I mean, he's it looks like he's out of his slump. DJ so, LeMahieu as as well. Not that he was terribly slumping, but not everything seems he's really hitting the the ball well now, and his road average is only two thirty six. So yeah, uh, you feel like they're at the they're at the worst that they really can be. And if they can start heating up just a little bit, uh, this could be a really good road trip. So uh, it, it's it's interesting to watch those guys. It's Sometimes it's about getting hot at the right time. And you're right, for the, about the last two weeks, Arenado had been a little bit underwhelming. But fortunately, Trevor Story had not been. And right. they were able to keep it going. Story, by the way, uh, broke the record, Rockies record for uh, home runs by a shortstop, his 33rd breaks Troy Tulowitzki's record and in, in, in our last podcast we talked specifically about Trevor Story and how he has really really uh, almost matched Tulowitzki already at this stage of his career so it's pretty remarkable and and if the Rockies win the NL West you could make a legitimate case that Trevor Story maybe not Nolan Arenado should be the MVP of the league I absolutely would I mean 
the guy's just been on fire in a time where, as you said, their record post-All-Star break has been unbelievable, and he's just been on a tear. I mean, I, I would I would go ahead and say that if if they come out of this road trip at six and three, or I mean, if they were to somehow manage to go seven and two, which is a tall order yeah, for yeah. sure. But if they came out of it six and three, or even five and four, and he was clutch in getting them to that, I just don't know how you ignore him. I mean, this he, he's getting national attention at this point, which is kind of rare for a Rockies player. Um, you know, this, this time of the season, I think Rockies players get attention, but it's always for the wrong reasons. It's always, well, you got to include this guy, but look at his numbers. I mean, numbers aside for Trevor story, it's the timing of when he's been so good. I think that that is eye opening. I mean, he's hit, he's had big hits, big home runs, big defensive plays in big moments. And I think if you're actually paying attention, which I don't necessarily have faith the baseball writers of America always are, right? you have to note what he's done and what he's done for this team later in the season. And I think when you look at the splits is what most people tend to, to throw guys under the bus for the Rockies at and say, oh, we'll see what he hits. And and Story is really the one Rocky you can look at that's been that good and say, okay, the splits aren't that different. This guy's right. been, uh, been hitting everywhere. So I think that's one of the things that might actually – uh, potentially overcome it for the Rockies. So at the moment, the uh, the lineup for this weekend uh, it comes this way. Tyler Anderson pitches on Friday against uh, Chris Stratton. Uh, we have no idea on our radio uh, show, uh, Mile High Sports, uh, Nate Lundy and I talked about it this morning, and our, our producer wisely took the uh, Samuel L. Jackson drop from Jurassic Park after it mentioned Tyler Anderson said, hold on to your butts, because <laughs> that's where, uh, where we are at Anderson, who's been uh, ice cold of late, but he's also been very good early in the season, so you don't know there. Marquez faces Bumgarner on Saturday and Sunday. Antonio Senzatella faces off against Derek Rodriguez, uh, a pitcher that actually has been uh, alternately good and then bad against the Rockies, too. So uh, it, it's an interesting lineup. If it continues to go through it, you're talking about John Gray, uh, versus Ryu against the Dodgers, and then Kyle Freeland versus Clayton Kershaw on Tuesday. Boy, so, talk about must-watch TV. Yeah, there is a, there's a show there. So that one will be a, a very maybe it'll very be on Facebook. Um, yeah, on Facebook. Weird. <laughs> they, uh, the closer, the closing one for the series though next week. Uh, Dodgers will be on ESPN. This is what happens when you're uh, you're in first place in late September. You get <laughs> national TV. So unfortunately, Anderson's pitching that one. So who knows? But uh, Tyler Anderson may be the key to this. For this is a opening he really game might. series, and you have Madison Bumgarner, and as good as Marquez has been pitching. If the Rockies lose to Madison Bumgarner, I don't think anyone is panicking. I mean, he's Madison Bumgarner. So for Anderson to come out and have a big start this Friday, I think, is important. He doesn't have to dominate. He doesn't have to absolutely lay waste to the Giants lineup, but he needs to not cough up five, six, seven runs. Yeah, exactly. And, and boy, I don't know. I, I think you said it, Tyler Anderson may be the uh, the key to this stretch. Because Good got, or bad. <laughs> yeah, and, and I mean, he's got an early start, so you know you're going to see him a bunch. Unless I, I, I've been thinking of this for the last couple of weeks. What do you do if you're Bud Black? I mean, and I know we can we probably get into a whole other rabbit hole just about that situation, but I think at this juncture in the season, when you have nine on the road and you have a starter that's going to get two starts within that stretch, if he comes out and isn't good in his first start against a pitcher the Rockies ought to beat um, – in San Francisco, I really think you have to seriously consider either shortening your rotation down the stretch or saying, Chad Bettis, you're up. Well, or I'm glad you went that direction. Like Chad that. Bettis has started 10 games on the road. His ERA in those starts, 2.88, and the team is 5-1. and one. 
I mean, honestly, as as up and down as a year as Chad Bettis has had, would you not feel better going into Friday with Chad Bettis on the bump? I think Anderson has shown me enough this year that he can do it, but I'm with you. If tonight's game doesn't go well, I would replace him with Bettis. Yeah, I think so. I think you have to because it, because your team has lost confidence in him, and and he's clearly lost confidence in himself. Yeah, if he can't turn it around tonight. So, but you know, who knows? You hit the road, uh, things things are different. You mix it up a little bit, and maybe that sparks something or two. So, yeah, uh, we'll see how that shakes out. But this will be fun to follow for uh, for the weekend, as we said, three against the Giants, and then when we come back uh, next week to talk about this, it will be the Dodgers and uh, the Rockies will not have lost them by then by any stretch. So uh, that's going to be a mon- monumental series to look forward to but the Rockies have to take these uh, the old baseball adage you have to take it one game at a time and not look ahead you can look ahead we can look ahead right players can't look ahead (laughs) exactly and I think that's where you really have faith in a guy like Bud Black I just think that he has been uh magical in terms of running this team and I, I think you you can't deny the difference in how this team has played how they bounce back during tough stretches how he handles rotation, you know, how he doesn't typically put out a, a Sunday or getaway lineup all the time. And if he does, it's very carefully crafted. I mean, there's a lot of reasons to think that, um, you know, you've got the right guy sort of uh, guiding the ship here down the stretch. Yeah, in the, in the game uh, finale against the Diamondbacks, Charlie Blackman did not even start. Just came in as a pinch hitter, and the Rockies won that and game. And got the pinch hit. And, and he did, and then the team won handily. So he's been pushing most of the right buttons. It'll be fun to see. Uh, he is Doug Ottawill. Follow him on Twitter at D Ottawill. My name is Sean Drotar. You can follow me at Estrotar, you can listen every weekday on Mile High Sports Radio locally, uh, 13:40 a.m. or 104.7 FM, or you can stream it live, or even you can grab it after the fact at MileHighSports.com or on the free Mile High Sports app. As always, we're brought to you by Tap 14, best outdoor bar in Denver. And if you're going down to the Rockies games uh, to watch either this big road trip or the week after when they have the monumental homestand, could be really exciting. Make sure you check them out. Tap14.com. Spell it out. Tap14.com for Doug. I'm Sean. Thank you for listening to the Blake Street Irregulars on Mile High Sports.